with me to Ephesians chapter 6. I know it's Palm Sunday, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get through verses 1 through 9. And then next week we'll have a special message about Easter and the resurrection of Christ. And then following that, we will get back into Ephesians 6. We've been going verse by verse through the entire book of Ephesians. And it's taken us about three and a half months now to get where we are. I thought it would go faster, but you got to slow down and make sure you're hitting all that. So today we're going to talk about children and parenting and being a parent and being a father and a mother. And we're going to talk about bond servants a little bit. And then we're going to have our service next week. And then we'll get into a little mini series on the armor of God out of Ephesians, which will be really good. And, and you're going to enjoy that. Um, would you read with me out loud, starting at verse 1, uh, going all the way through verse 9, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Let's keep reading. Rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this is receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. Jesus, we just pray, not only help us this morning to be hearers of your word, we want to be doers of your word. And so, God, open up our hearts. We want to produce the fruit of the Spirit. So help us not only to meditate upon this, allow it to go deep within us and produce good fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Truly, it's so much fun to, to just open up the Word of God and to look at it. Um, we've been focusing on walking out life in Christ. And now... The last three chapters of Ephesians is really going to tie this in to reflect Jesus and all that you do. And all that you do. So that's what we've been really hitting these last few weeks. Reflecting Jesus and all that we do. So today we're going to look at four things. We're going to look at children and their relationship to parents. Fathers and their relationship to their children. Bond servants and their relationship to their masters. And masters and their relationship to to their servants. So the very first point today is this, children and their relationship to parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment. So we need our children to know that their obedience is not only to us as parents, it's as unto the Lord. It's as unto the Lord. And that's important that they grasp that. Parents have to teach children how to obey. When you have one, two, three, four-year-olds, and you are constantly trying to tell them something, 
and they seem to be disobedient, you need to stop and make sure you are communicating with them. You need to pause and say, what did I tell you? And if they can't tell you what you said, don't get all mad, don't get all frustrated. Tell them again, have them repeat it to you, and then let them know, if you don't do what I just asked you, there will be consequences. But a lot of times with children, the problem is the parent has not communicated it. We get frustrated, we say things, sometimes in our frustration, and if the little gal or the little guy doesn't really understand what we're trying to tell them, I mean, a little boy's mind is going everywhere. And, and the same thing with little girls. So it's up to us to make sure that they understand what's going on. The assumption to obey makes the assumption that the child is being parented properly. And so that's what we have to look at. For as a woman is to submit to her husband, we're assuming that in submitting to her husband, that he's living a very godly life. But he's, if he's not living a godly life, she does not yield that submission in the area of sin. Amen? Because Christ comes first and obey him over the husband. And that is if a husband asks you to do something immoral, you don't have to do that. And, and we talked about that and we spent a whole sermon on that and how important it is. So here we assume parents are loving and instructing properly, but that's not always the case. That they're not asking their children to do something immoral or illegal, but that God's principles are coming forth in their home. Peter said that we obey God over man and that that applies in all aspects of life, all aspects. So I wanted to give you some resources today to help you out as parents um, that I think will be very careful. The one thing I want to tell you is on YouTube, if you're putting a video like VeggieTales or something on YouTube and you want your children to watch, be very careful because they are tucking in these little mini commercials and videos that are very ungodly and you may think they're going to watch this really cool moral video, but they're tucking things in. So, parents, you have to monitor everything you put before them. You have to monitor it because they know how to slide some of this stuff in with these infomercials that are, uh, they're perverted infomercials that they're putting in there. And another thing, people are like, well, what do I do? Because we have these iPhones and there's so much stuff evil stuff that my children could get into. Well, there's a phone called the light phone. The light phone. That you can get your child. They cannot get on the internet. They cannot text. Um, and, and I tell you this because some of you, well, they don't have a, they can't get into garbage. There's no clickbait news, no social media. So if you want something just to help your children to make sure they can contact you or you can contact them, it's called a light phone. They're coming out with it. Now, they won't like this, but it looks like the old phones. <laughs> Some of you parents just may want a light phone. Some of you want to make, get your husband just a light phone. <laughs> Come on, it could be used there. So anyway, um, it's something that can help you out. Um, but when it comes to iPhones, iPads, um, computers, 
Um, get the app Covenant Eyes to protect your children and you, or get the app Bark. It's called Bark or MSpy. These are a few apps that you can get to protect your children and control what's getting on their phone. So I'm giving you that. So let's go through those again. Covenant Eyes is number one, rated number one. Bark's like number two. Number three is MSpy. So you can get on and get those apps. Um, you've got uh, worshiphousekids.com. That's a, that's a uh, website you can get on for your children to watch some good stuff, some worship stuff. You've got Superbook uh, with the Bible stories that are in there. Um, you've got bravebooks.com that have some great things. You can get on Christian Book Distributor, CBD.com. Christian Book Distributor. <laughs> CBD.com. They probably hated that they had that domain before it all came out. But they have tons of children's books and children's Bibles. There's a new app coming out. It's called the Garden App for ages three to eight year old. Three years old to eight, and it's just little videos for your children to watch that are family friendly and safe. It's not out, but it's coming out soon. And you can watch some of the garden videos, I believe, uh, on YouTube. But I'm just giving you some things that you can look at to help you out in, in doing that. So children and their relationship to their parents is so important. Um, children obey their parents. They honor by doing this. Deuteronomy 5.16, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that your Lord, your God, is giving you. Well, Paul brings that verse out, that one of the Ten Commandments, it has a promise, but it really only applied to the Old Testament. There's a principle there, though, that applies to us. And we can go back to Ephesians 1, 3, where it talks about we get all spiritual blessings. God's given us all spiritual blessings. And so, but Paul is taking that commandment and he's saying to you, to honor your parents is right. There's a principle there. And believe it or not, teenagers and children, there's a lot of wisdom with parents. Now, when you're a teenager, you don't think they have very much. As a matter of fact, as a teenager, you are great about finding all your parents' flaws. You never highlight the, the good stuff, but man, you can highlight the negative. Oh, is that what a Christian says? Oh, is that where a Christian goes? Oh, you're really being Jesus to me right now. Mm -hmm. Just remember, someday you're going to have children, and you're going to reap what you sow. I was thinking about my brother and I, and, and, and we would get into wrestling matches, sometimes fights, and we were in a rental house, and we put an entire body in the drywall, and you could see the form of the body. And my mom said, when your father gets home, you're dead. <laughs> and I told my brother, we are really dead. We were like nine and eight. And I said, put extra shorts on under your pants. <laughs> and I said, put them really thick, because man, you're going to go. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. I said, you better. He'd, when my dad came in, he saw that wall. I heard that <laughs> of that belt, and I jumped right up there first. 
And I had three pairs of shorts on and my pants, and I screamed like a banshee, ah! But it didn't hurt. <laughs> but my brother, he got wore out because he was the last one, and it hurt. I told him you should have put shorts in your pants. <laughs> but you think about things that you do, and I'm not saying any of that's right, okay? I'm just telling you that we put our parents through a lot. My brother and I riding on trains on 5th Street going downtown, have our hands on the, our little stingrays riding along on each side of the track, all the way down, hanging onto the train. I know. What some of you parents would have done to us. My mom's just finding this out this morning. Aren't you glad what you said last week, it worked? <laughs> Amen. But every parent is flawed. You need to write that down. So we honor the position of the parent. Amen? Because there are abusive parents. There are parents that have done some evil things. I'm not saying that you're going to honor, that you're honoring the position of the parent. Because you know what? You would not be here without them. Anybody that is here this morning and you caused your mother pain and labor, would you stand? If you're not standing, there is something wrong with you. Okay, you can be seated. You see, you were a pain from the very beginning. God was trying to let her know what she was in for. God used their DNA, your mom and dad. He used their DNA to make you, and without them, you would not be here. I'm not saying they were great. I'm not saying they were fantastic. They may have been, but God had a purpose and a plan for you, and you're here because of them. I was conceived out of wedlock. People would have said she should have had an abortion. She should have gotten rid of it. But my mom chose to keep me. Even when my dad denied that I was his, she still said, he's yours, and I'm keeping him. And I'm so grateful she chose to do that because God had a purpose and a plan for me. Just as he does for you. It's very important that we get that. Psalm 139, verse 13 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were, that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. That's verse 16. That's 13 and 16 in Psalm 139. Now listen to me. As a, as a child, as a teenager, even as an adult, you are not an accident. Turn to your neighbor. You're not an accident. There are no accidental parents. Can I say that again? There are no accidental parents. There are no illegitimate babies. And there are no illegitimate parents. And if you've been adopted... Thank God they wanted you so bad, they were willing to go and do whatever it takes to adopt you. Amen. 
Thank God for those that are willing to adopt. And by the way, if you're adopted, you're guaranteed an inheritance. Isn't that good? That's good. And not only that, just think about how the Father has adopted us in. We were wanted in the kingdom of God. So good. So good. So important. God has a bigger purpose. And what happens is when people choose to have an abortion, they short-circuit God's plan. Just think of what could be in the world today. Things that have changed everything that we do, inventions, lives that would make a difference, but they've been short-circuited because people chose a bad decision to make. Amen? It's, it's, it's just, it breaks your heart. That's why we stand against abortion. Children are to obey. Honor is to be given even if they're jerks. I give honor to the office of the President of the United States no matter who's in there. I give honor to the position of a policeman no matter what the policeman is like. I give honor to these positions because God has told us as believers we are to have honor in our family, we are to honor those in authority in our family, we are to honor those in the church with authority, and we are to honor those in government with authority. It doesn't mean we approve of their decisions or how they act, but we honor those positions. We've got to keep that before us. The Bible is full of how we're to honor. Leviticus 19.3, Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Hebrews 12, 9. Besides this, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? Point number two. Fathers are not to provoke their children. They're not to provoke their children. And as a parent, because you're flawed, you make this mistake sometimes, moms and dads, amen? I remember my son was running track. And in my family, my mom and dad, to get me to be intense about sports when I'm doing it, they would come up with things to say during my baseball games, my basketball games, when I was out there, to make me mad. Because they knew if they made me mad, I performed a whole lot better. And I would get up to bat and on an all-star team, and we were playing a team from Cincinnati, and nobody was hitting. And my mom, I'm getting up to bat, and my dad's like, get in the front of the box. He's got a wicked curveball. Get a much lighter bat. Get up there so you can get on that before it breaks. And I'm up in that box, and I hear my mom, sugar plum. Sugar plum, could you please hit the ball? I stepped out of that box, and I looked at her. I said, don't be doing that. And the guys in the dugout, sugar plum. <laughs> I am one of two guys that hit that guy and got hits in that game. But I was hot. They were provoking me. It wasn't right. But that's how I was straight. So my son is running track at McCutcheon. He's running. 
and I don't think he's given all that he needs to give. And I say, Jared, don't let any girls pass you. <laughs> and I hear him say, it don't work on me. You say that again, I'll walk off this track. And my wife is like, why did you say something like that? <laughs> so immediately after the meet, I apologize. I'm so sorry. I'll never do that again. I'll never do that. I did that with Kayla when she was young. She was playing basketball. And she's come down the court, and they know their one play. And I'm like, Kayla, just take it to the hoop. You can score. Somebody score. Take it to the hoop. And she's dribbling. She stops at half court. Hey, Dad. You're not my coach. <laughs> my coach is over there. We have a play. Dad. I'm like, ah. <laughs> Thank God we were trying to help them. I'm just giving you some of my flaws. <laughs> Anybody here competitive? Let me see your hand. You're com Jesus, right now, take it out of them. Look at 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 and 2. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. We want to prevent that in our own families. Amen? Because we see how bad it is. Not only unholy, um, it goes on to say that uh, they're heartless, unpeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. Proverbs 13.1 says, please forgive wrongs. You will need forgiveness. Show respect. Be a respectful listener. You and I will need forgiveness. We need to be a forgiver. Amen? Some of you are hurt and wounded by your parents. You need to forgive them. Jared, Kayla, you need to forgive them. <laughs> so you can receive forgiveness. Proverbs 23, 22. Listen to your brother who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. We... As a society, if we're not careful, we discard the elderly. Amen? And the Bible says if you have a widow, or a widow, or even as a parent, you've lost one of your parents and they're older, the Bible says as their children, it is up to you to take care of them. It's not anybody else's job. Now, if they have no children and they're believers, it's up to the church to take care of them. Very clear there. But I see so many parents, so many children that are just living their life, don't, you know, and, and I even heard one say, I just hope he dies so I can get that inheritance. Oh, my gosh. You see, you're going to reap that later on. Teenagers, children, parents have a purpose in your life. They can coach, mentor, and be a source of advice. And today, it is not easy to parent. 
because technology and all that's going on makes it so much harder. So much harder. I think about one of the local schools and one of the teachers talking about 21 out of the 27 children in their fifth grade class had, had iPhones and, and he came to his teacher, one of the students, and he said, I don't have a phone, I don't want a phone, but these, these students are taking pictures of their private parts and they're sharing them with one another. Fifth grade, just sad, sad in a public school. The other thing I wanted children and teenagers to know, today, from a newborn to age 18, they say it costs $300,000 or around that to raise you. Three hundred thousand dollars your parents are spending. If they had no children, the life they could be living. But children are worth it. They are so worth it because no matter how evil they were, they produced some of the best things called grandbabies. And mine weren't evil. But I'm just saying that three hundred thousand dollars, then it's going to go up. They haven't even put in inflation. But fathers do not provoke their children. We're to encourage them. We're to look for their gifts. Are they head gifted? Are they hand gifted? Are they heart gifted? And all that's all about helping to direct them on the career that God has for them. So you'll be able to tell with your children if they're head gifted, very sharp, amazing, vocabulary, heart gifted, always just crying out for those that have been hurt or wounded or hand-gifted, and based on that, you can direct them on how God wants to use them in his kingdom. Head, hand, and heart. Very important that we do that. Bad parenting, dads and moms, produces chaos. 80% of the men in prison did not have a father in the home today. 80%. Paul's telling us, don't make it difficult for your children. There has to be a balance of love and correction, amen? And proper discipline. Because verse 4 talks about an angry child is likely to be rebellious and eventually become an angry parent. So verbal and physical abuse is wrong. You know what it does? It pillages self-esteem. Just strips it. Unreasonable demands. You can't expect them. Their brains aren't fully developed until they get 25 to 30. For some, 40 to 50. But have you seen these guys that are like 35 years old in their big Tonka trucks or whatever, you know? I watch them going to the Badlands every day, you know, especially on the weekends. They've got all this stuff, and I'm thinking, the boys are going out to play. <laughs> got to go get in some dirt. 
Let them be children. Somebody say amen. amen. Our problem is we start looking at them as a reflection of us when they're out and about, and we get all embarrassed. You have to stop that. Learn to love them for who they are. Yes, make sure that they're behaving properly, but there are times that temper, that strong-willed child, they may be something special in the kingdom of God. Amen, Dorothy Mason. Amen. <laughs> God may have instilled some of that to keep them on the right track for what he wants to do it. Can I help you out? Children spill milk and they make messes. I'm watching my grandkids, you know, sometimes they just make a mess and flip it on the floor. They look at me and they go. <laughs> and as a grandparent, I'm like, Okay. <laughs> It's funny, but they make messes. We could be too critical, too negative, and forget all the positive things that God has placed in their lives. Respect their feelings, because many times they're different from yours. Be able to apologize and ask for forgiveness. Amen? I know you're in that position of leadership, but there are times you need to humble yourself and say, I was wrong. I was wrong. And listen, if you're a perfectionist, don't expect all that out of them. They're children. If you don't learn to trust God in that, it is going to eat you up. Mm. It really is. The other thing I think as a parent, especially not provoking our children, is to admit our faults. I remember I came outside and I had purposely put little boards in a tree. And, and I nailed them on, in a tree and, and I said, Jared, sometime you might want to climb up that tree. Well, I get a call from Shaloy, hey, you need to get on the other side of the house. Your son is at the very top of that tree. And he's crying because he is very fearful. She's like, why did you even put those boards there? So I went around and I looked at him and I said, hey, buddy. I'm scared. I bet you are. Now, daddy's not going to come up there and get you. Oh. But I'm going to walk you down. So I want you to take this leg and move it down. I want you to take this hand and grab that and I walked him all the way down to where finally about five feet up I grabbed him lifted him down I said that was pretty cool wasn't it it was on the way up <laughs> I said always remember when you do something think about the results of that and I said I'm not mad at you I put those there because I knew someday you'd probably do that or They'd have a go-kart. We had a go-kart. Chris Miller sitting in the back back there. And Jared comes into the house. I said, does Chris know how to drive the go-kart? Jared goes, oh, I think so. I showed him. I look out there. <laughs> Chris is flying around that go-kart. <laughs> Shaloy's like, you better do something. I said, no, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> he didn't roll it. I saw his eyes get real big. 
but it's a good learning experience. <laughs> he had a helmet on. And, you know, there are times you just have to let them be children. They have to learn. They have to learn, as long as it's not life-threatening. I knew Chris had a hard head. He could roll and be all right to do. <laughs> Verses 5 through 9, let's look at that. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. Now, we're not talking about a slave here. A bond servant is somebody that at one time was a slave, but they went back to their master and they said, I want to stay here. I want to serve you. And they would pierce their ear. And what they were saying is for the rest of the life, my life, I'm going to be in this house serving. I want to stay here. And people really get off on these things. Oh, man, why does Paul talk about slavery? Is he approving slavery? Let's just leave that right now. I don't have time to go into all that. But he's telling these bond servants that they're to respect their masters. And then he goes on as we continue reading here. And he tells the masters how to be witnesses. And, and if they've come to know Jesus, then, you know, they've chosen this lifestyle that they're going to be in as a bondservant. You know, be Christ-like there. Today, we can, we can look at employees Sometimes some of you get so upset at your boss because of the shift work you're doing or how many hours they're having you do it or they're not being equitable on the line or in the office or somebody's always getting something that you're not getting. And, and you, you know what? You need to be Christ-like no matter what it's like in that office. You need to be Christ-like no matter what it's like in that factory. Because God wants you to display the fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the meekness, the gentleness, the self-control. He wants you to display that and walk that out. Verse 6, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond service of Christ, knowing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. Verse 8 knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord. Let me read that again. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive back from the Lord. As we are Christ-like and we choose to do good, we are going to receive good. If you'll be patient and continue to be faithful as a good steward in your job or whatever's going on, God will bless you. It may not be in your timing, but it will come. He will bless you. He is so faithful. Verse 9, masters, do, do the same to them and stop your threatening knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with them. That was going on in that culture. So we talked about what's it mean to be a bondservant. But the last point is this, stay focused on Christ in all your service. As a parent, as a teenager, as a child, even as an employee, stay focused on what God, do not be a bully in the family, amen? Do not be a bully in the family. 
Galatians 3.28 tells us there's no distinction, nor Gentile, nor Jew, nor free, or those in bondage. There's no distinction before God. God sees them the same. We've got to understand, we have a world that is so divisive, they want to divide everybody. They love that. Because then they can achieve their goals while everybody's arguing and fighting one another. They can backdoor and do what they want to do. Man, just love people. Just love people. No matter their color, no matter their background, no matter what nation. My grandmother, my grandma Payne was only about four foot eight, and she was a Rourke. Irish. My grandpa Payne was five foot, and he was English. And I would hear her say, you old English tyrant. And he would yell at her, you rebellious rock. I didn't know why they even said that when I was little. But I know that that stubbornness in them They stayed together their entire lives. They loved one another. And my grandma was the biggest prayer warrior. She prayed four hours a day, and I was a part of her prayer. And she would tell me time and time again, God's got something special for you, because I'm Owen Jr. Jr., he's got something special for you. I'm going to help you get there. Even when I shot her Blue Jay with a BB gun, <laughs> I didn't know it was her favorite bird. And when I brought it up to the house and I said, look what I shot. She come flying out at four foot eight, ran over to that bush to get a switch. I thought I was fast. She chased me down and wore my legs out. You don't ever kill my favorite bird. When I got ready to go into ministry and wanted to go to Evangel University to study the Bible, and I didn't have enough to get there, I received a card from my grandma, and in that card was cash that said, I know you're called into the ministry. She didn't have much, whew. But she said, I'm going to help you get through Bible school. And she was a big Lester Summerall fan. So when I came home that summer after that first semester at Bible College, she gave me a strong concordance. I still have it. Great big old green book. And she goes, Lester sent this to me and you're going to need it. I said, yes, ma'am. But I love my grandma and my grandpa. As I love my mom and dad. You see, they were flawed, just like I'm flawed, and you're flawed. We're not going to be perfect parents. But if we'll learn to respect and honor them, their position, God can do things. He can take what the enemy meant for bad. 
and it will no longer be a stumbling block. It'll be a stepping stone. I look at my children, I look how much better they are than I was, how much smarter they are than I was, what they're achieving, how they married two great son-in-laws and an awesome daughter-in-law. She's in here. I hope she doesn't say amen because she would. <laughs> but who come from great families, I'm so blessed. But all I did was try to love them as Jesus would love me. And they're going to stand with me this morning. I'm going to read Ephesians 1-3 again. Stay focused on Christ in all areas. Blessed be God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You and I are to respond as Christ would respond. Jesus said only seven things at the cross when he was hanging on the cross. He's going there to die for the sins of the world. <laughs> and he looks at his best friend, the Apostle John. And all that pain and agony and all that suffering and dying for the world, he says, John, behold, thy mother. Mother, behold thy son. It was so important to Jesus in his very last moments to make sure his mama was taken care of. Some of you have lost them. They're in heaven. Some of you, they're still here. Honor them. Take care of them. Shaloi and I, we moved our mom in with us. And then we're helping out with my mom, and Shaloi has an aunt in Indianapolis that doesn't have any children, who's 88, and we're helping out with her. We have to make trips down there. We get phone calls. We have to get her to doctor appointments at times. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Because I have all these other responsibilities. I find out that when you're a grandparent, you're on call for doctor appointments and babysitting. Which is a good thing. But what I'm telling you is, enjoy the journey. Because they won't be here long. Love them. Encourage them. Be a blessing to them because you're going to reap should the Lord tarry down the wrong, down the road. And children, man, just remember, they may have not been the best parents, but if they weren't trained and that's all they knew, you guys have so many resources today to help you be better parents. With your heads bowed. If you don't know Christ today, you can make him Lord of your life. 
You can invite Jesus in and say, Jesus, the Bible says to believe and receive. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you went to that cross. You died for my sins. You rose from the grave. I believe I receive you as my Savior. You can do that right now if you've not done that. Just with heads bowed, though, speaking to sons and daughters everywhere here, whether your parents are older or gone or you're younger, nobody look around you and say, Owen, I've either struggled with my parenting skills or I've struggled with my parents, but it's been really hard for me, in me, and on me. Nobody look around. Would you just lift your hand and say, that's me? Oh, my gosh. Just a lot of hands going up. Anybody else? Yes, you can put them down. Anybody else? Remember me in this prayer. Remember, Jesus is for you. And he'll walk you through it. You won't be perfect. But as long as you're displaying his love with an attitude of forgiveness and compassion, oh my goodness, he'll get you through it. So Lord, I pray for every hand that went up. Even those that didn't, they're watching my live stream today. I pray you help them. You help them, Lord, to forgive themselves, to take steps to be a better parent. If they need to apologize, allow them to apologize to their children or to their parents. If they've been in rebellion, Lord, some of them need to ask their spouse to forgive them because they've kind of left that spouse to kind of shoulder it all and they've not really been there. Make us a greater witness, more effective in our homes, to be speakers of life and not death, and to encourage one another. Help us to direct the steps of these children, grandchildren, so that, God, they can make a difference in a world that needs you like never before. Give us a great week. We ask it in Jesus' name. Tell somebody, hey, how about lunch? Ask them.